All right, welcome back to another episode of the Sexmancers Podcast. You know, as I go through here and take a look, I probably should have taken the week off. You know, I'm starting to come down with a bit of a cold, but I know, I know, uh, the audience here uh, has been very good to me, and I want to be able to make sure I get the information out. So if I feel a little congested or things are a little bit off uh, more than normal, you know, just uh, try and bear with it. Now, on this episode, I'm going to be talking about several things, but at first, I'm going to go ahead and open up uh, with a disaster story involving sex in my youth. And this story uh, takes place, oh, somewhere around, you know, uh, 19 years old, and it was the first time I had issues uh, getting it up, you know, or keeping it up. Now, I didn't know uh, what was going on, and so uh, the backstory is I was with this girl, and, you know, she there wasn't really any, you know, chemistry or sexual attraction or anything. Uh, it was more of a, I was just horny and wanted to get laid, and, well, she was, you know, into me, and so it was a pretty easy uh, conquest here. So, anyways... Uh, we got into the room, you know, we got naked, uh, we started having sex, and, well, I started noticing that, you know, I was having a hard time keeping an erection. You know, I was starting to go soft, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't have any experience at this point uh, with any issues getting it up and keeping it up. You know, at that age... You know, uh, you could pretty much get turned on by tinfoil almost. I mean, that's how easy it is uh, for a 19-year-old guy, you know, to get an erection and be aroused and stay aroused. In any event, you know, uh, I started to uh, panic a little bit uh, around this. I mean, we're going through, I'm trying to, you know, uh, keep a reputation, you know, of being able to, you know, well, be good in uh, bed. Uh, and maybe I shouldn't say keep a reputation, but rather, you know, establish that reputation because, you know, I know girls talk uh, at this age. And, you know, it's one of those, the better you are, the better, you know, PR or publicity uh, that you get. I mean, think about the high school rumor mill a little bit and how girls talk to each other, how girls, you know, went through, I at least was smart enough uh, to realize that, you know, back then, word-of-mouth marketing accounted for quite a bit of your ability to continue to get laid. You know, and so with that, that may be why I strove uh, as much as possible from the beginning to want to be a pleaser, to want to be good in bed and to pleasure women, because I figured the women would talk, and then therefore... You know, uh, it would be a lot easier having all that good press. In any event, I was starting to have uh, issues here, and I didn't know what to do. So as I started going limp, I started looking around the room, trying to see if there's anything whatsoever that would be able to help me, you know, and, you know, something to kind of get me by a little bit until I could figure out what the problem was and get it back up. So anyways, I looked around the room and I saw something, something I thought, okay, you know what? You know, women use, you know, dildos and vibrators and all of that. So having other objects shoved in there, you know, of an artificial nature 
know, is not strange or not weird, or at least so I thought. So I grabbed the first thing that I saw that I could think of, you know, trying to think uh, or play it off as, you know, this would be fun. This would be, you know, kind of experimental. We could try this out. You know, let's try something. You know, and so I grabbed this big uh, piece, uh, uh, this toy, I guess. And if you know uh, the Sorry game, you know what those uh, pieces uh, look like. You know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, the Sorry game, uh, you have the uh, different colors, the green, blue, red, and yellow. And you go around and then you try to knock each other's pieces off the board uh, in order to try and get all of your people home. Anyways, I saw a big, you know, uh, plastic-shaped thing uh, in the shape of a sorry game piece. You know, and this was a huge thing, and so I grabbed it. And, you know, then I proceeded to go ahead and put it down uh, by her vagina and, you know, went through to stick it in, figuring it would be like a dildo. Well, what I didn't realize at the time is that this wasn't just, you know, some... You know, empty piece of plastic or a hollow piece of plastic thing. This was an electronic piece. I mean, this thing was, I don't know, probably about 12 inches, 18 inches tall and, you know, um, and such. And I mean, it, it, it did fit, you know, it did fit inside of her. Uh, I didn't realize it was electronic and didn't realize even more that it not only had batteries, but it was on. And so I went through to, you know, use it on her like a dildo. And every time I pushed forward, it pressed down on the top of it, right, which triggered the voice activation for it to say sorry. You know, so here it is. I'm pushing it in and out, you know, kind of panicking about my own issues here, trying to think, you know, this could, you know, this is a fun, exciting thing uh, to do with her. You know, that, you know, hopefully I can play it off as experimental, but as I'm pushing it, you know, back and forth inside of her, it keeps going, sorry, 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 sorry. And, you know, it started going through and I, I was, went from panicking to, you know, finding it funny. And next thing I know, I'm falling off the bed, landing on the floor, laughing hysterically. You know, at this, of course, she didn't find it funny at all, right? She didn't find it funny. I mean, I was having issues. I didn't know what to do. I grabbed this piece, and as I'm pushing back and forth in her, this electronic voice keeps going, sorry, 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 sorry. I probably didn't get a lot of good uh, word-of-mouth press from her <laughs> to the other girls, and oh, boy. You know, uh, as you can imagine, her fascination with me uh, after that point kind of ended. And, you know, surprisingly, I never got a call uh, for a second date, you know, or, uh, you know, or for any more, you know, uh, rumbles in the sack after that. You know, she pretty much lost interest in me. Geez, I wonder why. You know, go figure, right? So anyways, you know, uh, this was, you know, one of those complete and total disasters. And it kind of goes off to go show you that sometimes what guys do in bed, especially the things that turn out to be disasters and the things that, you know, you women would talk about maybe as horror stories is, you know, especially early on, 
you know, and teenagers and maybe early 20 is the guy's panicking. He's coming across something that he hasn't come across before, you know, dealing with an issue that, you know, he doesn't know how to handle. And in that panic, well, he lacks good judgment and he just does something incredibly stupid. And that's probably where the disaster stories uh, all stem from. You know, you can always figure anything that is a complete and total disaster that happens is probably the result of someone uh, panicking, you know, in bed and not knowing what to do about it. You know, and I do want to go through and mention as we go forward in the show that some of the things uh, that I'm going to talk about uh, in the first part of the show are disaster stories, either from my personal history or from the personal histories of people I've talked about having some, you know, fun times or, you know, uh, good laughs or, you know, just things that I've, you know, talked about uh, with my friends, their disaster stories, my disaster stories, and hopefully uh, you'll get a pretty good uh, laugh out of them. Okay, so we're going to have to go ahead and move on uh, from the disaster story and get in to the show. Okay, so now let's go ahead and take a look at a few things that you could do uh, to better get his attention and get him focusing on you while preparing yourself uh, mentally you know, for intimacy, either you know this day or the next day. Because while men can usually go from about 0 to 100 in a blink of an eye sexually, women, let's face it, you don't quite work like that. You need some buildup. You need to get yourself mentally in the mood, you know, for intimacy. You know, um, now while true, you know, that you do have hormones, you do get, you know, horny and all of that, but typically men tend to have a higher sex drive and you know, for you women, you know, guys, you know, will want to have sex even when you're not quite in the mood. So you got to go through and find a way to prepare yourself mentally as well as physically uh, to have more intimacy than what your body naturally desires. And there are ways uh, for you to go through and do that. And especially during the winter time, where you got to put a little more effort, and planning into your sex life. And one of the ways in which you can go about doing this is by flirting a lot with your man. And when we say flirting, we mean both verbally and non-verbally. Now, while true, you could probably just go up to your man at about any point in time and go, hey, do you want to boink tonight? And, you know, he'll probably be like, yeah, sure, let's go. But what does that really do uh, for you in going through and preparing yourself? You know, you're probably only going to use that approach when you're already naturally in the mood, when you're already desiring it, because maybe it's been a little too long. But, you know, if that is not the case, you're going to need to work your way up uh, into the mood in such a way that also gets his attention so that he's not focusing on the TV screen. He's not focusing, you know, on that show, that video game. He's more interested in you than he is in binge watching Netflix, right? Because that is 
the point uh, that we are trying to get to here. So you're going to want to go through and flirt with him. No matter how long you've been together, I mean, it goes through and it gets interesting. When you take a look at couples at the beginning of the relationship, what they call the honeymoon stage, and couples that have been together you know, for several years, and you see the couple that have the newer relationship, they're more flirtatious, they're more intentional uh, with each other. Uh, however, the couple that have been together for a while, you know, you realize that the flirtation really isn't there. The, you know, they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. You know, they're just going through. I mean, they're still, you know, the the attraction. I mean, they're still love. They're still all of that. They're just not as intentional and they're just not as, you know, um, deliberate about showing that, you know, so much to each other. You know, for instance, when you take a look at the beginning of the relationship, take a look at how you women dress. You usually dress to want to be visually appealing to your man. You go through and you'll wear, you know, tighter jeans, you know, that show off your butt quite a bit. You'll wear, you know, a shirt that shows off your breasts pretty prominently. You know, you'd go through to do your makeup and your hair and all of that. Now let's uh, fast forward a few years into the relationship and what happens? The guy that you're with is the one who never gets to see you looking your best, never gets to see you looking great. You come home, especially in the wintertime, you go straight to the bedroom and you get ready to lounge for the night. You go straight to the bedroom, you slip out of your pants, uh, you know, or whatever it is that you were wearing to work or you know, while you were out and about, you go through, you pull, you put on some sweatpants, some sleep pants, or, you know, or something, you know, that is loose, baggy, and, you know, warm, I guess, is a way to say it as well. You put on a loose shirt, you know, or a sweatshirt, and then you head to the couch where you hide under a blanket. He doesn't see anything but your face. And you might have already gone through to take off your makeup and now, you know, your hair is all undone. He just sees you lounging around like a slob, you know, in the wintertime. Now, in the summertime, maybe you switch that up, you know, to, you know, sleep shorts and, you know, you're not necessarily under a blanket or anything. But, you know, you're dressing down kind of like a slob. You've given up you know, uh, on your desire to impress him or to look visually, you know, appealing to him. You just taking the relationship for granted and, you know, everyone else but him gets to see you looking great. I mean, you'll get dressed up, you know, looking all nice and fine just to go have a meal at McDonald's with your girlfriend. But you won't get dressed up for him. You won't go through and flirt, you know, with him visually. And this isn't, you know, uh, you know, the ideal situation. And some of you might be going off and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, we have a couple of kids and, you know, I got that, you know, baby belly yet. And, you know, because of breastfeeding, my breasts are smaller. And so it just makes me look a little bigger. So I, you know, get in the loose clothes because, you know, they're more comfortable and, you know, it hides, you know, the baby pouch and all of that. And, you know, trust me, ladies, he's not 
you know, concerned uh, about that baby pouch. You know, that reminds him, you know, of just how much you love him, how you went through uh, all that, you know, pain and agony to grow your love with a child. He will still find you very sexually attractive and sexually appealing. But you going off and dressing like a slob, um, you know, at home where he sees you, but then dressing nice for everybody else. Well, that just makes him feel like he's just not important to you anymore. That he's the only person that you're not concerned about looking good for. I mean, come on, ladies. I mean, it's just like in the reverse situation. You know, you, you know, get married. You know, he's, you know, young. He's fit. He looks great. And then after a couple of years of marriage, he's put on 75 pounds, you know, unwilling to do any of the exercises that he used to do when you were just dating. Don't you feel like maybe he's just not, you know, concerned uh, with how he looks anymore that he's like, okay, now that I bagged you, I don't need to look good for you anymore. Come on. You know, you know that you're the same way, that you want him to, you know, continue to put effort into staying in shape and fit for you, but yet you're not willing to put in the effort to stay looking good for him, you know, or dressing up good. Now, I don't mean that you need to go through and put yourself through a lot of rigorous exercising to get rid of the baby pouch. I'm just saying dress to look nice, dress in jeans and you know, that are designed to show off your butt to him. Dress in shirts that are designed to prominently display your breasts to him. Give him eye candy, you know, and he will go through in return and provide you uh, with plenty of attention. Now, with that, you also have to, you know, be verbally flirtatious with him. And when we go through and talk about being verbally flirtatious with him, we mean going ahead and doing innuendos, you know, as well. And, you know, maybe, you know, going through and, you know, grabbing him, you know, uh, various places and, you know, making some visual cues that, well, you desire him. Now, you can go through here while you're dressing up nice and being flirtatious, you know, with him, you know, that... Well, he's going to pay attention to you because he knows where it's leading and he will want to go through and flirt back, you know, because he's wanting to go through and, you know, get it uh, as soon as possible. Whereas if you're flirting and he's not, he may need to wait a couple of days until you're really, you know, at full speed. But when you go through here and you start with your flirtation, you need to make sure that you have a distinction between, you know, hey, you know, I'm flirting with you, I'm, you know, I find you sexy, and, you know, we're going to, you know, go at it, you know, in a, you know, relatively short period of time within the next couple of days. And having your flirtation of today's, you know, the day, you know, tonight's the night, you know, this afternoon is this afternoon or right now, right? So you need to make sure that you have, you know, a, a buildup in your flirtation for when you'll be able to motivate yourself to go through and have sex and, you know, be very motivated. You know, don't half-ass it. You know, don't half-ass it in bed. 
you know, so you go through here, and over time, he's going to distinguish between when you're, you know, building up to it and when you want it right then and there. You know, so you can go ahead and, you know, whistle at him. You know, go, hey, is sexy or, you know, something. You know, you women, you all flirt a little bit differently. You know, based off of, you know, your, you know, history, how you, you know, grew up and, you know, the things that you did when you were initially dating, when you were initially having sex. But you also should know your man. So you know how to get the flirtation, you know, started and going. You know, you got your jeans showing off your butt. Maybe you go through uh, on the nights that, you know, you're planning on rocking this world. You do a little sexy dance with him, you know, in the kitchen or in the living room or, you know, something, you know, doing a little bumping and grinding, right? And you go through and you have your breasts, you know, um, you know, prominently displayed in the shirt. Maybe you grab his hands and have him rub them on your breasts and all of that. Now, of course, this will be, you know, on the days when you're, you know, going to go through with it. Now, what about the days when you're not yet in the mood, but you know that you're going to have to be uh, within a couple of days because, you know, he's going through maybe his sex drive as he wants it three times a week. Your sex drive is once a week. So you need to do more to get yourself in the mood. Well, that's where you just go ahead and make the innuendos, the little, you know, the little, you know, jokes, you know, that are sexual in nature and all of that, right? You know, just getting his uh, attention there. You know, that is the point of flirting all day uh, with him. And do that on a daily basis. Find some point in each and every day to do some flirting with him. Let him know that. You know, you still find them sexually desirable and everything. Because I tell you what, the guys that feel like their spouse no longer has much interest in them and whose eyes start to wonder and all of that are the guys who are married to a girl who is always dressed down, you know, uh, at home, you know, kind of looking slobbish, who never flirts with them and has a sex drive of only you know, during her ovulation period uh, of the month, right? Only when she's ovulating, not one time a month when, you know, you want it, you know, that week or a couple of times that week. And then the rest of the month, you're just like, yeah. So you got to go through and make sure that you're communicating, you know, desiring him. And if your sex drive is usually about once a week, but you know his is three times a week. Well, then you have to make sure that you get yourself in the mood by going through and flirting and trying to be all sexy for him and stuff. You know, and because guys bond by doing things, when he knows that you're constantly flirting with him, dressing up for him, you know, wanting his attention and all that, well, he's going to be more apt to return the favor you know, of providing you with attention to go through and provide you, you know, with, you know, motivation and, you know, doing things that make you feel desired and sexy and, you know, all of that good stuff, right? Because, you know, it's easy to kind of, you know, take everything for granted 
after a while. And that's when, you know, things go through and start falling apart. And when you're going through and you're doing your flirtation, get a little handsy, you know, do some groping and all of that stuff. Because that will go through and, you know, I guess the point here is it's going to rekindle that honeymoon state when you were the center of his entire focus. Now, does this mean that if you do this, you know, all the time, all day, every day, that there isn't going to be, you know, some days when he's just not being receptive? Of course not. There are going to be days when there are other things on his mind, you know, uh, things that are going on at work, things that are going on with his money-making adventures, things that are going on, you know, uh, elsewhere. But we're talking about the situations in which, you know, you're looking to get him away from the TV screen, away from his phone screen, away from all of that, you know, to focus on you. There's very little uh, that can be done, you know, if something major is going on at work, other than to lessen the stress that that is causing, right? So you got to be able to take all of that into consideration, but you need to make him feel wanted and desired for him to want to reciprocate and make you feel wanted and desired. Make sense? Now go ahead and take a look around, right? Take a look at how you're dressing when, after you get home. Now maybe some of you are going, yeah, but I still wear, you know, jeans, you know, because I'm active running after the kids and all of that. Yes, but are you wearing jeans for comfort or are you wearing jeans to impress him? Now, I get if you have kids, you know, you do want to have, you know, comfort in mind if you are having to do a lot of running around and all of that. But you still need to take out, you know, some time here, you know, find a day or two where you're dressing to impress him, where you're dressing to turn him on. Kids are no kids, right? And I get it, kids wear you down. And the more kids you have, the more intentional you have to be about, you know, being affectionate towards your spouse, towards your man. Just like he has to be more intentional about showing affection and attention towards you. Because kids can wear you down quite a bit, you know. And the more kids you have, the more they just, you know, wear you down. You know, that is undeniable. But what do you think, you know, is going to get more attention, more attention? You, under a blanket and a baggy shirt and sleep pants, or the TV screen showing hotties all over the screen, right? What do you think is going to get more attention? Or, heck, doesn't even have to be, you know, uh, girls all, all over the screen. What do you think is going to get more attention? The show about fixing up a car? Or you in sweatpants, a sweatshirt, under a blanket, right? What do you think is going to get more attention? Especially if you're not even verbalizing anything. So keep that in mind when you go through and you take a look at the advice and do a self-assessment of what you wear out of the house versus what you're wearing in the house. Take an assessment whether you're dressing to impress other people, but not concerning yourself with your own man. Right? That should make a lot of sense to you. And then go through and think about 
how you interact verbally and think of ways in which you can be more sexual in your conversations, communications with him throughout different periods of the day, you know, on your days off and during the evenings when, you know, you're both, you know, home from work, right? So think about that. Do an honest assessment. Figure out areas of which you can improve to try and, you know, be more sexual uh, with your man and then gauge his response as you make these incremental improvements. And now, you know, let's face it, it's winter time, right? And the cold weather is going to have a major effect on your sex drive. Why? Because you desire to stay warm. This is why in the wintertime, you know, women tend to dress down more than any other time of the year. Because women tend to be, you know, colder than men in most uh, atmospheres or most environments, which is, you know, kind of one of those things where, okay, there is a trade-off between how you dress and how warm you are. But your desire to not freeze, you know, is going to demotivate you during sex. I mean, it, it is kind of amazing. You can keep the thermostat set at 70 all year long, right? All year long. You go outside in the summertime and, you know, it's 80, 90 degrees outside. You come inside, you know, the thermostat, the AC is set at 70. You're still warm. You're just at that right comfort level, right? But then wintertime comes out. You spend some time outside in about zero uh, temperature weather. You come inside the house, you know, same temperature, 70 degrees. And, you know, and that 70 degrees is being completed with warm air, and yet you're still cold, right? You're still freezing. It's amazing how the body, you know, is able to adapt like that, you know, and being able to adjust uh, to the temperatures and everything. But how the winter months make it, you know, less desirable for sex? Well, it is just because you don't want to freeze. You know that, you know, you're under the blanket, under sweats, you're just barely warm enough to be comfortable. And so the idea of going, you know, into the bedroom, you know, where your shirt and brawls are going to come off and you're going to be nipping out to the point where you're cutting diamonds probably is not all that appealing to you. And when it comes to guys, you know, the colder weather does have an effect on guys, making it harder, you know, to get up and maintain an erection. You want an example of this, have your guy walk outside, you know, for about 15, 20 minutes at about, you know, 20 degrees or lower uh, temperature, you know, and then come inside uh, and watch him get undressed to jump into a hot shower. You'll see him all shriveled up. And then let him take a nice hot shower, long hot shower. And then as he gets out of the shower, take another look at him. Well, it's hanging back out now. So the cold weather doesn't just have an effect on your motivation, but it also has a bit of an effect on the ability to perform. But what it does not mean is that you now have an excuse to get lazy with your sex life. No, 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 no. You got to be more intentional during the colder months with your sex life and with your intimacy. So, for instance, when it comes time to, or when it comes down to having sex, 
you got to plan it out, you know, a good 30 minutes before you even get started, maybe even an hour, depending on, you know, your housing situation here. What do I mean by that? Well, you got to make it, you know, a point that on nights when you want to have sex, you know, just so that you're not freezing cold, to turn that thermostat up, you know, about an hour before, you know, you, before you go to the bedroom. Or, you know, if you're trying to conserve money and be cheap or whatever, you just get a little space heater so you don't have to warm up the entire house and you get that space heater going in the bedroom about, you know, an hour to an hour and a half before you plan on going back there to rock his world. That way, when you do go back there, you know, and you do start initiating sex and that shirt comes off and everything, you're not immediately demotivated by being cold with your breast snipping out. And you're setting him up for success so that he's not freezing, you know, and finding it hard to get an erection, you know, in the cold. So you do need to go through and preheat your bedroom such that you will be comfortable naked in the wintertime. And that does take planning. But what also uh, the wintertime does is it sets up a perfect time for of year for you to do a little more cuddling and be a little more intimate. For instance, maybe some of you, you know, need to wind down before you start going, you know, off to bed or before you start, you know, getting uh, getting it on in the bedroom. You know, I know, uh, for instance, you know, after a long day's work, you know, uh, me and my wife, we need to relax uh, with a TV show. You know, we have uh, various TV shows uh, that we like to watch together. You know, we set it up where we have, you know, probably about three or four nights, you know, a week where we'll watch a TV show together just to wind down from the day. You know, this is after work and after we get the kids all into bed and we need to wind down, relax, get the stress, you know, off our shoulders before either we go to bed or we, you know, go to the bedroom uh, to have some fun. No, this is kind of the relaxation. Now, with the winter months being colder, this is a perfect time for the two of you to be on the couch together, snuggling under the blanket, you know, or cuddling under the blanket, you know, sharing one blanket uh, between the two of you, you know, whether that's lying down or sitting up, you know, whatever way is, you know, more comfortable. Now, as you're under the blanket, this also sets up for you to, to, you know, towards the end of the show. You know, you know, you know approximately when the show is going to end, you know, about 45, you know, minutes or so. And so maybe, you know, as the show is coming to an end, they've had their big, you know, uh, scene or drama for the uh, episode and they're winding everything down. You can start, you know, the fooling around under the blanket. You know, you can start grabbing him and rubbing on his cock. And he can go through and start groping and cupping your breasts and, you know, so on and so forth under the blanket. You know, now this is after, you know, if you watch a regular, you know, show, that's about 45 minutes. You know, you got about 40 minutes of just being under the blanket together snuggling, holding, 
holding each other and, you know, building up, you know, that bit of intimacy. And you're warm. And then you go off to the bedroom where you've had the space heater going or you've had, um, you know, the air throughout the entire house if, you know, you don't want to be restricted to the bedroom. You know, warming up to the point where once you're naked, you're not cold at all anymore. You know, and so you got that, you know, perfect time of year that encourages uh, snuggling and cuddling. And, you know, that also requires you to be more intentional. And when you couple this with the first part of the day, right, or, or the first part of the show, where you're flirting with him, where you go through and you make sure that, you know, you're dressing up nicer, or at least dress up sexy on the night you're going to, right? At least, if nothing else, I mean, if you can't handle, you know, wanting to dress up, looking good for him, you know, all day, every day, then at least on the night when you're, you know, wanting to take him and rock his world, you dress up nice. Give him that visual cue of what's going to happen that night. You know, and you're going through and you're flirting and all of that, right? And when you're dressed up nice, you know, in the wintertime, and you're flirting with him and he sees you turning that dial up, you know, on the heat, you know, in the house or, you know, realizes that you've turned on the space heater. Oh, yeah, you'll have his attention. You'll have his attention because you're becoming predictable to him. See, one of the main things that may you know, hinder in your relationship is that guys still have a hard time figuring out women, even after years of marriage. Right. And so, you know, the more you get into a pattern of exhibiting the same types of behavior when you're wanting to get, you know, intimate and sexually, uh, you know, in, you know, in the bedroom with him and all of that, the more you display the same type of predictable behaviors, the more he's going to be able to catch on to that. You know, this isn't a guessing game here. You know, Am I or am I not horny? Do I or do I not want to? You'll just have to figure it out. No, 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 that's not going to work. Because in those situations, he doesn't know whether you want to or whether you actually have fuck off written across your forehead. Right? So the more you start getting predictable, you know, the more you start, you know, flirting uh, more on with him when you're wanting to or when, you know, you're going to for his benefit. And then you couple that with, you know, dressing up nicely and you couple that with, you know, going through and heating up a room in the wintertime. The more you get into that rhythm, that, you know, pattern, that behavior, the more it's easy for him to then, you know, pay attention looking for those cues uh, from you that goes, yes, we're going to tonight. Man, I want to make sure, you know, I give her extra special attention tonight. But the less predictable you are, you know, the less he's going to end up, you know, paying attention because he doesn't know what he's looking for. He doesn't know what he's paying attention, you know, for, you know, and he doesn't, you know, know what your mood is, right? And, you know, let's face it, some things that he does, 
you'll find funny, you know, and attractive when you're horny. But you'll be very annoyed and bitchy about that exact same thing when you're not in the mood whatsoever. Right? So he needs a predictable pattern from you. You know, that he can then gauge whether or not, you know, he should do something. You know, whether or not something that he's thinking about doing will annoy you or be well received by you. And that's really where a lot of the advice that I give on the show comes down to is you needing to make yourself more predictable for him. That you need to make your moods more predictable for him. You know, guys are, you know, very simple minded. You know, now, yes, we can think, you know, in very complex terms of, you know, spatial awareness, building contraptions, you know, all of that type of thing. But when it comes down to interpersonal relationships, you know, and intimacy, we're very simple. We take you at your word. We take you, you know, at your word of whether or not you want something, you know, and whether or not you're grouchy about stuff and all that. We figure, you know, um, poor mood, you know, or disinterested mood means you're not actually interested, you know, or at least your behavior makes it seem like you're not interested. Therefore, any attempt we make is going to result negatively. And the more interested you show us, uh, that you are in something, well, then the more we're going to go along and, you know, do stuff to encourage that behavior. So you want him to flirt with you. You need to make sure uh, that he is very well aware of the fact that you want to be flirted with, you know, and you do that by flirting with him, you know, so just make yourself very easy for him to figure out at least sexually, you know, make it easy for him to figure out when you are sexually receptive to being intimate that night. That's where a lot of this just boils down to. Don't, you know, keep them off kilter. Don't keep them guessing. You know, make it very clear, very simple. And the best way to do that is by making sure that you engage in a lot of the same behaviors and the same routines when you're wanting him, when you're wanting to be intimate with him. So yes, you know, in the wintertime that requires uh, a little more planning, but that additional planning helps him predict what it is you're wanting to do that night and plan his interactions with you accordingly. Right? And you know, you got to go through and lay the groundwork early, you know, because it is a mental game, you know, especially for you, you know, women out there uh, to get yourself mentally prepared to be, you know, intimate, you know, outside of your ovulation week, you know, you need to prepare yourself mentally. You need to be focused on it. You need to think about it and you need to be intentional with your behavior towards him about it. And so you got to lay the groundwork early, you know, knowing that he wants it three times a week. Well, then maybe, you know, the day after you have sex, you know, you just act normal. And the 
you know, the day before you're going to have sex again, you start going through and flirting a little bit, you know, um, lay a little bit of the groundwork. And then on the day of, you dress up, you know, nicely to be, you know, visually stimulating. You're flirting heavily. You're preheating the room. He knows what's coming. And as a result, he's going to be more alert and attentive towards you. And so with that, that also creates a pattern here. You know, of he gets, you know, that one day, you know, after sex where, you know, he just gets to relax and enjoy doing, you know, his thing. And, you know, he gets his, you know, little bit of alone time, you know, uh, to himself to think or engage in hobbies or whatever. Then the following day, he knows that he needs to start being a little more receptive uh, towards you, you know, and being less about, you know, his hobby, you know, and helping to lay the groundwork, you know, for you to encourage, you know, you to continue to flirt. And then the day after, his focus is all on you. And with that pattern, you know, that also goes through where he gets, you know, about two days a week, you know, uh, for himself, two days a week where the two of you spend some time together, maybe going out and doing something. And then a day, you know, and then a couple days a week in which you're going to go through and you're going to rock each other's world, be very flirtatious and you know, be very attentive. So you, you get that nice little cycle there. He gets a day to himself. You do a day of activities out of the bedroom together. And then you have a day where you have, you know, lots of fun in the bedroom. And you can repeat that cycle. And if you can get on that schedule and on that cycle to keep repeating it as often as possible, you know, on the weeks in which you're not, you know, having a period, you know, that will work. That will be your nice ebb and flow. He still gets his time. You still get we time and you still get lots of intimacy time. And that will help maintain and sustain a relationship going long term in which you two spend a lot of time thinking about each other and doing things together while still being able to have your, you know, little time away. Right. Get into that ebb and flow. Make it as predictable as possible, and you will know, and you will see changes in him in which he becomes more focused on you two out of every three days. Now, think about what type of relationship you can have when every two out of three days he's more focused and attentive to you and more focused and intentional about doing things both in and out of the bedroom with you. And that's where we're going with this. You know, basically a third, third, third. A third of the time, you know, uh, to himself. You know, a third of the time, you know, being with you out of the bedroom, just hanging out and having fun. And a third of the time, you know, building up for the intimacy in the bedroom. You'll have, you know, a very happy relationship, very happy marriage. He'll be very much attentive to you. And you will be much happier, you know, feeling more loved, but also, you know, the more orgasms that you can have, 
the better mood uh, you will be in. Just remember, there's not a girl in the world who's ever complained about having too many orgasms. All right, uh, that's it uh, for this episode. Uh, check the uh, show notes, um, you know, for links below. You know, uh, links to things that, you know, my wife, you know, I call it wife's recommendations for, you know, toys and things to add into the bedroom, you know, that the two of you can have fun with. All right. So thank you so much uh, for your time and attention, and I will be back again 